about technology, instructional design, and the learning sciences. This week, we're unpacking the concept of understanding and asking what does it mean to understand something. But before we get started, we have two guests in today's episode. So why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, let's start with you, Novia. My name is Yi Xingxie. You can also call me Novia. I'm from Taiwan. Currently, I'm a student for ITAC program, and I enjoy traveling, reading, movies, and food. Um, hi, I'm Shannon. I am currently getting my master's in educational technology. Um, I'm a special education teacher um, in Bellport on Long Island. And I really love my dog and country music. Do you say job or dog? Dog and job. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to start with something that I didn't put on the outline, um, which is that last semester when I taught this class, I didn't have a week devoted to understanding. And I actually had six facets in the middle. And then I don't think I had the class read the understanding, understanding reading. And at the end of the semester, I thought I really should have moved everything up because it's really, it's actually more important to have a concept of what it does, what does it mean to understand something? So I was wondering, like, do you think that was the right move? I think it is important for us to uh, to realize what is understanding from what is I acknowledge it. There's a different level of understanding of it. So actually, I read both version, English version of understanding, understanding, then Chinese version. I really think it helps me uh, to clarify what is understanding from acknowledge the content. What what was understanding translated into? Just curious. Uh, understanding, understanding is Okay, all right. I think that the understanding chapter was really important because I think there are a lot of confusions between what knowledge and understanding is. So I think it's really important to clear that up before moving on to something else. Um, so I think, as personally, I felt like that this chapter was important for me to read before getting into the facets of understanding. And like especially that chart that is on page um, 38. It, it's just a chart that shows like bullet points about knowledge and bullet points about understanding. And like just even looking at that was like really concrete for me and much more helpful in terms of me understanding everything. So let's get to some topics you want to talk about. Where do you want to start? Uh, for the first reading, understanding, understanding, uh, I have one question. What is the distinction between understanding and knowledge? This is what I brought out before. Are they related to each other? I think we can still find the answer in the reading. But uh, I think in the reading, the third page mentioned the standard that if students understand, then they can prove evidence of what they understand by showing that they know and can do certain specific things. I think uh, this resonates with Bloom's uh, testimony, testimony. Based on the testimony, there are different levels of understanding. They, uh, the very basic level is to acknowledge the knowledge by leveling up, comprehending equally to understand the content. In other words, uh, know and remember the content is the knowledge you have. Aside from that, 
be able to explain it with a variety of ways in your own language shows you already comprehend the content. On the other hand, knowledge and understanding are related. Zhang Zhui uh, summarized the ideas of understanding versus understanding of learners. For instance, the fact is knowledge and the meaning of fact is the understanding. Furthermore, I know something to be true versus I understand what it is and why it make, makes it knowledge. Take read a story for an example. Read the lines of the story is the knowledge and to infer the story by reading lines to lines and generate meaning from it is to become uh, is to comprehend. What is more, uh, in this reading, the S page knowledge and skills then are necessary elements of understanding. It further illustrates what understanding is to comprehend and the ability to transfer it and further to reply it in any other appropriate situation is essential for understanding. Lastly, frequently asking ourselves questions are assisting, uh, assisting us better understanding the content. It looks like you answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I read a script for it. Yeah, I know. It's so, people are going to th think this is scripted. I just look at knowledge more so as being almost like facts, like the facts that you know about something. Um, and then understanding, being able to generalize information and the meaning. I think that's like the biggest word throughout this entire chapter is the meaning behind something um, and being able to transfer it, um, which kind of then brings me to my question of teaching um, transferring, because um, I feel like that is a difficult thing to teach. Um, I almost feel the only way to teach it is to almost model it and let students kind of try it out themselves. I, I think my biggest question throughout the whole chapter is, is that how, how do you teach um, understanding almost? I think it's something that has to come from within. Um, so it's something I've found that I struggle with as a teacher is teaching that transferring component. Um, so can you give a scenario, uh, like invent one even? Well, I think that essentially the reason it is more challenging, I feel, in my field is because I teach students with um, severe intellectual disabilities. So that um, understanding component might have to be like deeper looked into. It's not so much on the surface all the time. Um, sure. So I think that is something, like I said, I struggle with. Um, but even just looking back on when I would student teach with general education, like I know like I often would have to give, you know, tests, um, quizzes, and, you know, I could see that they were getting answers right. But, you know, if you sat down and almost had a conversation with a student, um, it was kind of apparent to me that maybe like they didn't understand, you know, the content of, you know, the science lesson. You know, maybe they at the surface were answering questions um, multiple choice questions, but I don't feel, um, there were, there were moments that I noticed that they didn't truly understand the content, um, or could generalize it into different terms. Um, so I feel like that is something, like I said, as a teacher that I find difficult. I thought when the reading that chapter talked about what we can learn from student misunderstanding, you can find out a lot about why transfer isn't happening or why it's not happening in the right way. Um, and I thought it was really interesting when it said, and this under, I think this is probably at, at starting page 50, 
about how when students students can understand all the facts but take away the wrong message and so just because you have the facts and this addresses your question novia is which is that the um or or, or shannon you talked about the chart um you can have all the facts right that's the knowledge column but the understanding is the is being able to organize it in a way that is correct and part of the things that we talk we've talked about so far we haven't i guess we read about it initially um is the the importance of the organizing framework right this is the bransford reading and um so you get all the facts which is an important start but if you end there then you haven't completed the job you still need to provide the the organizing principle and and when you see student misunderstanding or unable to transfer then you can get a sense of like maybe they're kind of mapping in the wrong way um and I also like the fact that they said misunderstandings are important for teachers and I believe it was in um I know in the voice threads a few of you brought up the uh, the importance of risk taking and I think that was any time your students feel safe to take a risk that provides an, an opportunity for you to assess whether they were, are misunderstanding something right if they, if they keep it all to themselves then you don't see it um and they could even get the answers right but they're not necessarily able to transfer it so i think that's an important take for me an important takeaway uh, the second one i want to talk about is the evidence of understanding based on you guys experience what do you think it's uh the evidence of understanding from students or yourself? Well, that actually ties into why I find it to be difficult um, because I think, like you said, the evidence has to come from within, from the student. Um, and most times I feel like I'm not... A lot of times if I have a student that is not um, very vocal or um, risk-taking, um, I'm only really seeing that evidence with one-on-one -on -one time with them. So... Um, a lot of times if I have assessments, I will review them individually with a student. Um, and I feel like that is when I'm noticing most of the evidence on if they actually understand um, or if they don't. I try to um, hold like many like discussions um, in class because I feel like that is when I'm understanding most if they are generalizing the information, um, when they are giving exact examples, if they are um, able to put things into different terms. Um, so I feel like the evidence doesn't come from me having a piece of paper that has them answering, um, multiple choice questions. It comes from more conversation based, um, times. So I think that would be where I see most of the evidence of understanding from my experience. For myself, I think in the reading of page 48, talk about how to, uh, get evidence of understanding. Uh, also on page 50, I talk about uh, we, as an educator, we should know that uh, different kinds of assessment embody the different standard of understanding and how we design the, how we design the uh, assignment and what kind of question we ask the students will result in a variety of uh, learning outcomes. So 
I I think it's a mutual way for students and teachers. Uh, students will respond to what you request them to do, and the very key complement of uh, whether we will mislead the student or not is how we design the question and what format we interact with the students. So uh, take a quiz or homework, for example, if we test student just yes no question and we didn't ask them why, and maybe we will get a channel mentioned before, we will only get the correct answer, but do they really understand it? It's a question. And how we design the assignment, I think the student will learn from our patterns as well. They will know what type of question we will will ask, then they will prepare only a part of it, and maybe the reading is really long, or maybe the contents is very important some other part which is I think is resonant with the expert blind part but I'm not sure whether I inter interpret it correctly so I bring it up that's what I think how we design the co course how we interact we have a whole week on assessment so we're going to talk about it more deeply so I don't want to cover that too much but just a quick preview is that especially in schools I, that might be a little bit different outside of schools which is that you want to first make sure that you have a variety of assessments so that it's just not one thing. So because because it's kind of like um it's kind of like doing research, right? If you do if you do one type of research, assuming that the research is well designed, you will get an answer or insight into one piece of it. But you want a variety, so you might have a quiz, you might have a discussion, you might have a a performance, a demonstration, a, a writing, and so on. So as much variety of it as you can will give you a more broader insight because then you can see some people are really good at test-taking or some people are not so good at, are shy at discussions and you don't want them. That doesn't mean they don't understand, right? So that's one response. The other one, the upcoming reading we'll talk about, which I find kind of really helpful when designing assessment is there are two fundamental questions to ask. One is, can someone who doesn't know the topic do well in the assessment? And can someone who does know the topic do poorly on the assessment? And if the answer is yes to either of them, then that assessment is not good because you're not measuring what you want to measure. But we'll get to that soonish. Um... In that um, box, it's like the... Okay, so it's page... 38, um, and it's the figure 2.1. Um, so as I said, I felt like this was helpful for me to kind of break down the difference between the two. Um, but I read that um, with knowledge, it says I respond on cue that uh, with what I know, and with understanding, I judge when to and when to not use what I know. Um, and I think that just kind of surprised me. I don't know that I totally understand why with understanding, you judge when to and when not to use something um, or to say something. Because I feel like if you understand something, you would be more certain of it. Um, so you'd be more um, willing to um, respond because you are more sure of it. So I think that was something that kind of like made me stop when I was reading to make sure I was reading it right um, and to kind of think about that for a second. Do you mean that they're switched? Yeah, I almost was surprised to hear that you judge when and when to not use what you know um, when you understand something. I felt like 
that was surprising to me because understanding I look at as a deeper meaning. Um, so to judge when and when to not use what you understand was kind of surprising to me. I would think that you'd be more open to sharing it. Could you give us an example of that sentence? I'm a little bit lost now. So it's in the it's in the table on page thirty eight. I think Shannon was asking why the I judge when to know is under understanding instead of knowledge. Oh, okay, okay, I got it now. Thank you. Do you have any thoughts on that, Nubia? To me, I I think when we when I learn something new, I think I understand it. But when I it's time for me to apply it to make a product or to write something about it. That's the 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 timing, the true timing. That's To judge whether I truly understand it or not, which is also in the bullet point,、uh, the phase of un- understanding is how to apply it and organize it. Well, I I think that was my reading as well, or my interpretation as well. In that, I think the the key word is the judge part, which is to know when something applies or not. So, you know, you mentioned Bloom's taxonomy earlier. That is kind of at a higher level, like knowing when to apply and knowing when not to apply. Because I think the difference is that when you have an initial understanding of something, people might kind of just try to apply it whenever they can, even though they they're not necessarily applying the right facts at the right time. At least from my end, I often see that where students may be really eager to apply something they've learned and kind of make a connection. Whether it ne- isn't necessarily one, or isn't necessarily the best one, and I think that's the key part—the judgment part—is to once you know something, do you apply it at the right time? I'm trying to think of it. I am trying to think of an example. That is why it's I, like finding an example of that is difficult for me.、Um, so I think that's why I'm like had a hard time understanding. But when you use the word judgment、um, to kind of like when to apply it, I think the when part is clicking with me more now. I have one example. Maybe uh, I was because I was a K to twelve English teacher before in China, and I think one example we can use here is we as uh, because we need to attract students' attention, so we know a lot of different type of games to uh co- cooperate it with the content, so that we can practice uh we can uh draw the students, and we know what content suitable for each uh. Specific type of games. That's I judge when to use it and when not to use what I know. Maybe that's an example of it. You can、uh, mm. decide which games to apply on different content. So that's judgment on the teacher's part, right? Yeah, yeah. Like pedagog pedagogical knowledge. Yes, and also you need to、uh, put the content into consideration. For example, you're going to teach kindergarten kids the song. You're going, you are not going to make them do a writing part. Yeah, put that in mind. The age of the students and the ability of the students and what contents suitable, what type of games or practice. Yeah, I don't know if this is a good example, but like in one of my classes, we're kind of reading about the multimedia principle. A multimedia theory,、uh, which Novia you are familiar with, I hope, and I asked students to analyze a video about it, and I think I saw a difference between students who applied it just whenever they saw instances of the video aligning or not aligning with it, and then others who are a little bit more nuanced to say, actually, this may violate this principle, but actually, in this context, it makes sense, kind of thing. And I felt like that is a key difference between、um, 
knowing the theory and then knowing when to apply it properly. Um, I don't know if that's a good example, but just kind of off the top of my head, that's kind of what I can come up with. The thing I want to bring up is from reading. Uh, I saw reading uh, deeply rooted misconceptions. One of the example is history is about the facts. What happens? Science is about finding causes. This is a misconception because.、Uh, What do you guys think? Like thinking about that,、um, the misconceptions. I felt like they're very prominent. Like there's many deeply rooted misconceptions that I think we often overlook. And I agree with you、um, on history is about facts. What happens? Science is about finding causes.、Um, like I feel like I myself have that misconception.、Um, so yeah, I agree. That was something that was confusing to me. Before I enter this program, I don't know much about media manipulation, and I don't know that much about bias. But、uh, after this program, I think、uh, because I I read something and learn something about it, so I understand why why、uh, maybe the history is not all the facts. And yeah, <laughs> because uh because a historian is a storyteller because. Maybe the editor and also maybe the publisher they are biased or they 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 have their standpoints so they might edit things in different different ways. That's a part of media manipulation, I think. That's why because for example, even uh for the same time, the different country have different history textbook. For for example, I'm not sure this is a good thing to bring up, but. Uh, before um, like nineteen thirty something, thirty six or thirty first, I I forgot the exactly year. Uh, Japan has a war. Uh, Japan and China and Taiwan has a war, and they have the army in Taiwan, and they force some women to do the comfort soldier things. But in Japan's textbook, they didn't. Uh, make it inside their textbook history textbook, but we this is all well known in other country like Taiwan and China. So I think I think that's a part of the bias or even manipulation. Um, right.、Yeah. Well, that's a whole different category, even because、um, you are. I don't know. That's kind of a. <laughs> That's bordering, not even bordering. That's that's propaganda. <laughs>、um, so just to get back to your question, do you understand why they use that as an example?、Uh, the history is about facts. Example. Sometimes I think there is a fine line between maybe misunderstanding something and how someone perceives something. On a teacher's、uh, standpoint, the misunderstanding and maybe someone just perceiving、um, something. Like a student perceiving a certain topic、um, is something that I kind of struggle with.、Um, I think that there's this reading does a good job on explaining misunderstandings, like、um, like especially when they map out those the example of like one of our children asks dad are Spanish and English using the same words. I think those are more concrete examples, whereas sometimes in the field I see a little bit of a A fine line, like I said, between how maybe a student is just perceiving something, or if they're misunderstanding it. So that's like something I think as a teacher, I kind of need to work on、um, to pinpoint exactly、um, which one is happening. Like the root of it. Right. Exactly. Why don't we transition to the other reading, the six facets thing? I had a question in the classrooms where you grew up. 
which facets of understanding do you think were most often emphasized? So where, where did you grow up, first of all? I grew up in Taiwan, and I think the elementary education in Taiwan is more like uh, very, how do I say it? Very didactic. I mean, means they the the answer is only one. There's no other other. The education system, from my personal perspective, is very didactic. It's not allowing students to think why the teacher is asking me this question, what this concept might possibly relate to another field, or we add. It's it's not easy for students to have the creativity. I think so. For me, I think uh the the. The most emphasized is to understanding, uh, to to know what the content is, to memorize it, which is very basic. But so, which facet it, would that be under? Uh, I think it's the first one. You can explain what it is. You can give the teacher the correct answer, but actually, you ask me why and how to apply. It's a gap. Yeah, we don't have a perspective of it. I actually feel exact opposite.、Um, I think that where I grew up,、um, I grew up in Sable, which is like a very small town on the south shore of Long Island, and very small class sizes.、Um, so there was always a lot of room for like discussion,、um, and you know we would have debates, and、yes. we were able to like express ourselves.、Um, In a creative way, you know, a lot of times, like my assignments were like we were given choices. Like you can either write a paper, you can give a presentation, you could make a song.、Um, so I actually feel that where I grew up and how my、um, schooling was、um, was big on having perspective、um, and big on interpreting and applying、um, from those facets because we were constantly given、um, choices、um, to kind of like individualize and. Show our personalities,、um, so I feel less of of how、um, you feel, Novia, and more so that I was given a lot of freedom. I think is the word that I'm looking for、um, to express. You were lucky. Yeah, I was definitely, and I'm not saying every single teacher even did that. I feel like there are certain teachers that I had that were more so on that giving you the freedom.、Um, like for example, in high school, I know I had an economics class, and there was definitely no freedom of expressing myself. So much in that class, it was just more paper pencil. Do this test. You have to pass this class to graduate. But then in my, you know, English class, you know, we were constantly expressing ourselves.、Um, if you, you know, wanted, to, like I said, write a paper, or if you didn't want to write the paper, you could make a PowerPoint. So I feel like, luckily, I had those experiences. Okay. What is understanding aside from the academic field? So for my example, I wanna answer this first.、Uh, I think、uh, there's a phrase. I was in your shoes. It is saying that we know for the expression that you understand how other people feel or you were in the same situation before. I think this is one、uh, example of apart from from the understanding of the academic field. This is one phase of understanding in real life to have empathy. Empathy and being able to understand how other people's standpoints. I think to do this, one important key, one important、um, component is you need to respect the people that you're trying to understand. It so you open your mind to understand how they feel. 
What did you mean by aside from the academic field? I guess I wasn't sure about that part. Okay. Uh, that means besides uh learning and teaching part. I mean, in our daily life, or oh, actually, so that's a good question. So, what would this look like in a non K twelve setting? Yes, or even the is aside from the teaching and learning part. Hmm. Shannon, do you have thoughts on that? I know you do work in the K twelve, so right. But I do agree on the whole empathy part. I think that is a difficult thing to. Not so much to teach, but to see all the time. Like I just, I know myself. I feel like I'm very empathetic, but I have friends that I actually feel very much so lack that, and I think that is a difficult thing to teach. Actually, especially in a school setting and academic field, and I think the way we present empathy is very varied. Um, someone could be empathetic, just the way that it is perceived and skewed might just be maybe not as easy to see.、Um, So out of all the facets, I actually think that is the most difficult. If I were had had to pick one,、um, the whole empathy piece of it, because I also think it kind of depends a little bit on your background of growing up as a person. Like I feel like empathy is something that comes from within,、um, maybe how you were raised or your experiences in life. Not so much in an academic、mm-hmm. setting. So I actually feel、um, that is one that I can. See in a in a different light that isn't from an academic field standpoint. I think it might help to have an example. So, like if you're studying history on your own, like I often do, you still need to keep in mind that it's not enough to just understand what happened, but also why, and to put yourself in the shoes of the people. The same would go for learning in other settings, like I think of corporate training, for example. If you want to make sure. You want to make sure, ideally, that your employees know why the procedures are the way they are, why they are doing things, and they need perspective and empathy, especially if they are going to be working with people. And those are all part of understanding. Perspective is so interesting to me.、Um, so I wrote, interpretation is obviously so individualized, and I think that's what makes us so diverse,、hmm. makes a classroom so interesting. Like I just think interpretation is like. The best part of a classroom because each person interprets things very differently.、Um, even in like a slight example, just I might I have a teaching assistant in my room and、um, I might tell him, you know, can you make me this quickly? And it comes back and it's totally not what I was thinking, and he totally just interpreted what I said totally different, but in such a cool way.、Um, and I think in- with interpretation lies so many strengths. It、um, like brings out someone else's strengths、um, and that whole component of like. Like I said, diversity.、Um, so that's why I wrote like, is interpretation really ever wrong? Can anyone really ever lack interpretation? Like I don't think so. I think everybody has、um, like a unique way about them. So I feel like that is you know one of the ones that I think everybody really can can have is interpretation.、Um, so I think I actually answered my own question when writing that because I don't think you really could ever be wrong with how you interpret something because it's so individualized. Yes. You might be able to say that there are levels of support for interpretation. Like, if you can support it, then I think it's good. Because if you can't, then it's just a random opinion, right? You know, you don't want to go too far. <laughs>、uh, you you still want to make sure that interpretations are kind of supported by some reasoning, some evidence, some kind of process behind it. But otherwise, I I think that's right. 
Um, Novi, you had an interesting question about interpretation. On page 92, didactic teaching of interpretation will mislead students about the two, uh, the truly arguable nature of all interpretation. But I think under some circumstances, it is difficult to avoid didactic teaching. How do we better avoid this? I think it's more like when it's the very fundamental education, like elementary or kindergarten. I think that because they're talking specifically about interpretation. Right, so I think they are trying to say that didactic teaching of interpretation is problematic for the same reason you mentioned earlier, because you're saying that people come with different interpretations, and so a didactic teaching implies that the teacher is saying this is how you interpret this text or this is how I interpret this thing, which, by definition, kind of robs it, robs it from the students. I think that's kind of what they mean. So specifically in relation to in relation to interpretation. Um, didactic teaching should be avoided. You might use it elsewhere.、Um, I I think I agree that it might be hard to avoid it realistically, but specifically in relation to interpretation, I think that's what they meant. I think there are only six facets. We more、uh, almost cover the four, and the last two is self knowledge and intellectual real rationalization and. Key implementation of the facts of teaching and learning. Right,、so、where kind of metacognition, intellectual rationalization falls under. Right. Do you have a question about it, or?、Um, my last question was how we might have all those facets of learning, but some components might be stronger than others. Because that's how I feel personally. So I wrote, can one meet six facets of learning? You know, but not really be. Strong on some components, maybe they have it, but they don't show it as much, and that's kind of how, especially, I felt about like empathy、um, and really interpretation, like things like that. Like I think some people might have all of those,、um, maybe like within,、um, maybe they're not easily shown, but they do have them.、Um, so that's just something that it's kind of just like a ponder for a thought, like not even so much a question. I just think like. Through those facets, I can kind of see where, like I said, we can see different students' strengths or what makes them makes us diverse in some sense. For me, they refer to different ways of showing understanding. They're not so much about what the person is able, like whether they have more or less empathy than the other person. I think it's more like a reminder to teachers or educators to remember that. There are different ways of. It's kind of all, kind of like Bloom's taxonomy. Well, it's like there are different ways of demonstrating understanding. Or understanding involves all these different things, and、um, you want to try to make sure you don't emphasize one and not the others. Which I think Nova, you mentioned like you're growing up, your classes might have been more about explaining, but not enough about the other things. So I think that is my takeaway from the six facets. So I agree. Like I, th- I think that depending on what you're teaching, definitely some will apply more than others. But the important thing is to know that understanding is not just one thing, but it's very different ways. Because the last,、uh, the last phase is to self knowledge. Yeah, self knowledge. Yes, to be aware what you don't understand. I think it's difficult because sometimes we we will think we understand it, but when it's time to do something about it, and You realize that oh, you don't really understand very deeply, or I think to do is is more difficult than to to just read it or to talk about it. 
I feel a little differently on it, I think. I think nobody knows better than yourself if you understand something. That's how I feel. Um, but at the same rate, I think that's a really difficult component. Like, it's a very high skill to have that last facet to to kind of know yourself enough to know if you're understanding something or what you need to change to better understand something. Um, so I think it's kind of a mature thing to have. Um, but I think sure. almost like the root of it to really like that self-awareness to know that you understand something or you don't understand something and the action you need to take um, to fix it. Well, certainly in this class, you have like the, you, the metacognition reflection thing. Um, you have the forms, like there are prompts and things you can do that ask students to do more of this more ex- more explicitly because otherwise it's inside your head, right? So I think that's kind of how I would recommend going about it because then if you ask, you ask students to kind of reflect more on things and, and then ask them to kind of make connections. Ideally, that would cause self-knowledge to happen because otherwise it is difficult because usually when you assess understanding, you're not looking for self-knowledge unless you build that into your design, I guess. So I think that's kind of how I would go about it. Mm. I think that wraps up this episode. I want to thank you both for coming on. Thank you, Professor. Thank you, Shane. Have a great weekend. You too.